What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Outfielder Podcast, episode 134, presented by Sensibly Loud Media. I am your host, J-Mac, a.k.a. Founder Numero Uno, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Popfly himself, Founder Numero Dos, Ben. I love the idea, but like at a certain point, where do the dogs pee? Baseball, Ben, what's going on, man? Pretty good. It's a good one. You know what? That's uh, I think we're talking about bring your dog to the MLB Park Day. Yeah, we were. Uh, That was really early on. Which I still wonder that. It it's a really good question. You'd think that that's a really big problem that they have to deal with, and like I feel like we talked about it, and then we haven't really been able to look into it since. No, no, and like I know my dogs. One of them is like me, and it's just a nervous wreck all the time, Mm -hmm. and like just kind of shaking there. That's yep. Sherman, naturally. Naturally, uh, but I feel like our 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 golden doodle would do would do pretty well at a ballpark. Yeah, like just oh, cool friends, you know. Yeah, I think my dog. He's a, a lab, and he's seventy five pounds of scared fun, and he it would probably be about in the same camp as Sherman, and uh, yeah. I, I don't think he'd do well in that atmosphere at all. Um, unfortunately, because it feels like that'd be a lot of fun. But what are you gonna do? You know. My uh, my brother takes his dog every year to the one uh, the minor league one for the St. Paul Saints or whatever. And so there's all these pictures of this beautiful pit bull wearing St. Paul, St. Paul Saints gear. It's pretty cute. Your brother sends me some of the funniest things on Twitter. And it makes me laugh every single, every single, 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 single time. I can't emphasize how often it makes me laugh. It's every time. Well, I do have a noteworthy shout out. Uh, J-Mac actually sent me something this week, and it was the best Instagram to follow. <laughs> and it's a lawn care company out of Australia. So that way we can get our suburban dad yard cuts on. So thank you for that. Do you have the handle up? Uh, I'm pulling it up right now, but those that have listened to this show know exactly how passionate we are about lawn care. And it's actually a pretty big debate uh, pretty often, it's uh, so it's it's an account that's based out of Australia, which makes it like a, like a little bit funnier, right? Yeah, just it a little has bit. One hundred and twenty people following them, and <laughs> these two Texans. It's frame it lawns and gardens. Frame it like you're framing a picture. Frame it lawns and gardens, and it's literally a before and after scene of. Of lawns, what and they're all shaggy looking in the first one, and then they're crappy, or you know, and then they're all spiffed up and looking great. Where edging makes a difference in the second one. Well, and one of them too, like, and this is how how much I started scrolling through it. Like, you had the grass cut different ways, like a baseball field. You got the striping, yeah. like it was incredible. Yeah, no, they're on to something here. I sent it to you, and then I also sent it to the great Sambino, and. I just sent the. I think I sent the same message I sent to you. I said satisfying account to follow. Yep. And Sam replied back and said thirteen posts. Nice in before the early regulars. That's right. That's, <laughs> I said that's Sam to a T though. Absolutely. So. I said that's the goal. He knows. Uh, which, by the way, um, I, I do have one other humorous thing to happen. I I recently am changing changing jobs at work, and I went to a staff meeting with people that you and I used to work with like three years ago. Mm -hmm. And the staff meeting is starting. It's my first meeting in there. And our old boss goes, hey, do you still have that baseball podcast? (laughs) And I was like, oh, uh, yeah, good to see you too. So, yes, we do still have uh, the baseball podcast. And shout out to Mike D. from Arlington for for remembering it three years later. We're still going strong, 134 in. It's alive and kicking. Did you think we'd make it to like nearly 150 episodes? I know we pat ourselves on the back for this a lot, but like most podcasts don't get out of the gate. No. No, and you could still argue how successful we are or are not, but we are certainly still alive and going strong. And that's the thing. It's all about how successful you make it look, right? That's right. That's why we are trademark pending America's favorite baseball comedy podcast. That's true. And the thing is, the the people that the listeners, they know, you know, they know that we don't follow up on things and they know that we don't, uh, <laughs> you know, get to our ideas and whatnot that, that sound brilliant. But we just, we you know, we don't do it. We do it what comes naturally. Well, speaking of great ideas coming soon, probably between now and opening day, mm-hmm. we're going to do um, top 10 ball players of all time where you and I go over, maybe get Jimmy or Sam to jump in and talk about our top three ball players. So I'm putting it out there into the ether so people hold us accountable. So first of all, 
Uh, I'm absolutely all in on this idea. We did this on the basketball podcast, our top 30 basketball players of all time, which was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. I feel like with baseball players, it's going to be a lot easier because I've been watching it. So like, so I've been watching both baseball and basketball my whole life, but I, I just, I played baseball. There's something more organic about baseball players as far as judging how talented they are and stuff like that. It, it feels like it's easier to look back on their careers, uh, as a whole versus some NBA players, which have you, I mean, you're there's a lot of times where you're, you've got really long careers, really short careers, and you have that in baseball too. But I, I, I think it's really difficult to narrow down the impact guys, you know, where do yeah. certain people fall. And when you start ranking them together, it gets really difficult. Cause you're like, Holy cow, I forgot about so-and-so X, Y, Z, you know? Yeah. And so it's going to take us a little bit of time. We're going to work on it though. I think that what we should do is for the next episode and maybe we'll do, since we're doing, we've been doing every other week during the off season, maybe we'll, we'll see if Jimmy's in, involved uh, around next week to get involved anyway. And let's see if we can hammer out, we'll just do it on the show. We'll hammer out our, our general, the, you know, kind of criteria and structure. Yeah. We don't like, we don't necessarily have to go with criteria because everybody's criteria is going to be different. But I think that we should talk about how we're going to kind of go about this and how we're going to look at it. Is that I fair? I agree completely. Love it. So I'm looking forward to So we said top 10 of all time? With three honorable mentions. I think you're going to find that we're going to probably going to want to do like 20. Because, it, dude, it's a lot of people. I okay. know it can't I, be understated enough, but it's a lot of people. We'll see, though. We'll see. Let, let's We'll hammer it out and let's get Jimmy's opinion, too. But yeah. let's let's call it a max of top 20, minimum of top 10, and we'll okay. kind of work from there. I love that. Those are good jumping off points. And we may have a lot of time. So I, I, I want to pivot to our first main story here oh. because Hold the on. idea. Is, oh, yeah. So I, will, I before we get into the first main story, I hate to interrupt you here because it was a great transition. We, we love you. our transitions on the Outbuilder podcast. I want to follow up on something from last week. Okay, please. Yes. So. Not not three minutes ago on this very, very show, Ben. I just told you we don't follow up on things. Yeah, that's good. So I'm following up on something because we keep people Love guessing. It. We keep people working. You got to go. You got to go. You got to go. That's how it works here. All right. So we talked about Mike Francesa last episode. Okay. And I had uh, so I have two clips. I'm going to play one for you now and we'll close out the show with the other. Okay. Okay. So yeah, this is the, the sports cast dude in New York, right? Correct. This is the guy WFAN, Mike Francesa, one of the most legendary sports radio guys of all time. Well, we started Jimmy and I were telling you about this. We played a clip of just oh of him uh naming off the Mets and the Yankees schedule for some yes. god awful reason. And yes. it just went on for far too long. Well, uh we told you about something tangentially and we wanted to make sure to follow up on it. So Jimmy sent this over to us. Uh, and, and I responded with the one that we'll play to close out the show. Okay. All right. It. So this is Mike Francesa. This is a clip that we told you about. You might have forgotten. It's been two weeks, but this is I don't you. remember many things. I know it's fine. Your, your first year of racing when you're born, when you go to buy a horse, when a, when a horse is born, a horse will be born. In, the most prominent months for horses being born are February and March. When not when so when that baby goes through the sales ring okay was born early born late you want to get earlier foals because they're older and then every ba every horse's birthday is new year's day every horse has the same birthday new year's day every horse becomes a year older whether it's born in april or born in january the horse is born his birthday is january 1 he becomes a year older on january and so so obviously when you're at the sales you want an earlier fall because they're more developed for the triple crown races and for the two-year-old races because they've what you call late fall well he's a late fall late fall means you're gonna have to wait on him so a horse is born in may now they're not usually born after that that's you know that, that that's too late in the year they're, they're not born late after that there's a season for it and may is late really late most of the bunch in February and March. Um, so it's you're going to race it too. You don't have to race it too, but most time you will take a couple of races or two. 
And then at three, you'll that's your triple crown year. That's the only year you're eligible. All right. Horses' birthdays. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. So I get it where if people are, are wagering, and not that we would encourage that, but if Never. someone is wagering, they want to know if they have, like, when the horse's actual birthday is. But, like, why not just say when the horse was born? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I think I think the idea is, and this is about horse racing, so this has nothing to do with the baseball podcast whatsoever, but I felt like it was important to talk about nonetheless. I, I, I think the most... The thing that he's trying to drive home there is that all their like every horse turns another year old that on New Year's Day, regardless. That's what right. he's trying to drive home at. But like, does he not explain it like somebody that's on this show that hasn't been doing it for fifty years? Oh my gosh! Like, there there certainly could have been a better way to do this. Like, let me break this down. So, number one, I'm brand new to this concept, but I'm I'm going to break it down here for you and and tell me if you're following. So, Justin. Go. In horse racing, it doesn't matter when the horse is born. They don't keep track of its actual age. They just keep track of whatever year it is. That's how old the horse is. So if the horse was born in 2012, okay, now you have a nine-year-old horse because we're past Jan 1st. Correct. So, like, I explain that, you know, like a human. <laughs> in about 16 seconds. Right. Yeah. That was a minute and 34 seconds that he took to explain oh, that. Lord. And remember what Jimmy said. I mean, he's trying to fill four to six hours worth of time. So, like, like the best part about Mike Francesa, and I, I love this guy because of this exact reason. It is just so absurd, like, listening to this guy. And I think it's hilarious that he it, – it's just nothing but a stream of consciousness. That's all it is. It's, you know, he, he was in the middle of talking about, you know – how the horse guide looks and how everything matches up for the races on Saturday. And then just launches into two um, like a minute and a half of about when horses birthdays are. There's countless of these countless numbers. That's of these. Awesome. Uh, like I said, we've got one more. We'll close the show out with because I can't get enough of this. I'm, I'm addicted to listening to this stuff. because This stuff is so That's, funny, you know, and like, I feel bad for the horses because <laughs> then all their parties are the same week. And yeah, like, dude. how are they going to arrange that? Well, th that's the thing is you can't go to that many birthday parties. That's absurd. No. I mean, it's a lot of gifts to buy. You know, there's, Especially you know. in the time of COVID, like it's just not smart. I know we've talked about giraffes in the outfield before, but we have not talked about horse birthday parties before. And that's, I'm glad that we finally got to it though. Only 134 yeah. episodes to get to it. We got here. It'd be a, a very thoroughbred conversation. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Do you think that – never mind. Let's not get on a tangent. Let's go ahead and first jump into the first story. Okay. So speaking of COVID horses – no, speaking of COVID, we wanted to go ahead and um, at the very last part of the last episode, two weeks ago, we said, hey, MLB has not said what their 2021 plans are. It's bound to come out sooner or later. And within 35 minutes of our episode being done – Rob Manfred and Major League Baseball came out with what their schedule was. So if you were listening to our podcast on Tuesday, we once again gave you stale information. And for that, we're not sorry because yeah. we gave you the best darn information we had at the time. But I bring this up to say um, we now have 2021 Major League Baseball's sort of, um, you know, schedule. Do we applaud so, that? Well, that's what I want to go ahead and talk about. So I'm going to lay out the initial thing of it first, and then I'm going to take you a run through just a couple headlines and kind of get your take, okay? All right. So basically, they um, they went ahead and announced that it's going to be a full 162-game season. Mm -hmm. They're going to do interleague play again, mm -hmm. um, this time you know, with the same East National versus uh, American, East mm -hmm. versus East, Central versus Central, West versus West. But basically, they're still planning on doing the whole darn thing from April 1st to October 3rd uh, with All-Star break July 13th. They're planning on it uh, with the World Series beginning October 26th. So they're going full hog on this. <clears throat> so uh, you mentioned at the beginning of this segment that if you listened last week, you got stale wrong information. Uh, that's incorrect because this is exactly what I said was going to happen. 
exactly what I said was going to happen. Well, and that's that's fair. I just bring it up so as to say it's now confirmed that that's at least what their game plan is. That's so other other things that are notable this year is this will be the last year that Cleveland plays uh, as the Indians. Um, you know, in 2022, they're going to be officially changing their name supposedly mm-hmm. uh, so that's big announcement one and the big announcement too is last year i don't know if you remember they were going to do the major league baseball field of dreams game yeah in iowa when it was yankees versus white Sox. well that has been postponed to this year so yeah. august of 2012 yeah and they i mean they had the field ready and everything they were ready to go for it uh no i i don't you know I, i'm just not surprised man like i mean if you look at like what all the other leagues have done the nba's traveling the nfl's traveling they've had covid you know cases just like anything else and they've just kept going and that's that's it's next man up and you've got to keep with the product it's a brand it's an you can't be dead for too long and they know that there, it's, yeah. I mean, we talked about it being a money thing, and it is. That's all it is. Because, I mean, you think about it, I mean, it's in, in the player's interest to want to get things going, too, and play a full season, given that they've got a, they've got a new CBA to, to bargain this coming summer. So, yeah. I mean... No, that's exactly it. Th- that's all it is, really and truly. So, I mean, you've got to replace the revenue, and you've got to get it going. And, I, I'm, you know, whether that's a good decision or not, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, you know... We, we've been over all that, but, you know, I think it's not surprising in the least bit. Well, and so that's where, number one, I mean, you, you've always said on this pod, just follow the money. And, you know, last year, as they were playing the 60-game season, even when there were COVID snafus, um, they kept going. They kept playing, and they're like, oh, we've started it. Like, there's no chance that they're not going to finish it. Yeah. So it makes me think agree with that but i just want to read you a couple different news headlines that have come out just in the last 24 hours okay and um i i want your your kind of take so just two hours ago sports illustrated says here we go again owners and player odds over when this the season so two weeks ago major league baseball announced when they were starting the season two hours ago they're still fighting Yep. Uh, the Boston Herald, as of 25 minutes ago, says the Red Sox expect 2021 season to start on time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Cactus League Cities, this is from Ballpark Digest, Cactus League Cities to MLB delay the 2021 spring training launch. Yeah, I saw that uh, this afternoon. SB yeah. Nation, here's another clue that MLB spring training might not start on time. So it sounds like Major League Baseball is like, nope, we've announced it. This is what's happening but not necessarily everyone is baked in. I mean, what are you going to do if the cities refuse to host the teams? I think they'll find a place to play no matter what. I don't, I, I mean, is that really a, a like, I, I understand that. I, I do. I, I get it. But I mean, at the same time, I mean, majority of these ballparks are outdoors. You can stay separate away from people as bust. You know, if you do limited fans and all that, which, you know, debatable about where you are with that. But I mean, I mean, I don't. I wouldn't do it personally, but I, I don't. I don't have an undying need to go to, you know, a sporting game that I can watch on on television. So it's yeah. it's that that's fine by me. I, that's typically how I feel about it anyway. You know, it, that doesn't really change a whole lot, but it does. It does make you think that there's someone pushing that narrative out there that the players don't want to get this going quickly, that there's going to be resistance with that. And I I don't know. I just don't think that there is. I just don't think I think there's way like last year. OK, fine. They shortened the season, you know, all that stuff. And they still made it work pretty well. But I think you look at another season of lost revenue. I just don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to continue on because even at its worst, whenever it all broke back. And so remind me, when was it all kind of start? Was it right when the season got started, when everything started to fall apart with like the Cardinals and the Marlins and all that stuff? Yeah. Uh, So the season started, I believe it was July 15th or something last year. Okay. So July 15th. And it was, it was within two or three weeks of that is whenever the the Cardinals thing happened. It was like immediate though. It was immediate, and we all thought it was over. We uh, we yeah. thought it was it's just going to stop right immediate, immediately, and it didn't. And I think that if they could, they saw that they could brave that, and it's even I mean now the other leagues have done it, and I mean like the NBA's done it to where, 
you know, they're traveling, you know, they, they've tried to condense their schedule as much as possible to eliminate as much travel as you can. That's obviously the goal here. So that's fine. You do that. You, you know, take, like I said, you take as many, you know, precautions as far as, you know, contact tracing and all that as seriously as you can. You stay away from each other. You, you know, you do your part like they did last year because they did a great job with that. Um, you know, you're going to have well, some games. But, but, but what, what I'm saying, though, is the way they're looking at this, though, is like that's how they're going to do it. And then they're going to they're going to chalk it up as, well, say we're going to miss a few games here and there. Like there have been NBA games that have been having before, not forfeited, but just postponed because of COVID. They don't have enough players and stuff like that. You're going to see that. And that's just kind of that's better than losing a whole season in their eyes or a half a season or whatever. And I hear that. But last year, they were taking precautions around travel and minimizing schedule. We have no indication that they're going to do that. Well, that's the thing is we're they? saying that they're having these precautions. <laughs> and we saw the failure in testing yes. of contact tracing. We even saw it whenever someone who had tested positive during the World Series not only continued to play, but then went on field with a mask to celebrate. Boy, was that not talked about enough. Well, what I'm saying is, is that like I don't necessarily believe in their willingness or ability to to do it the right way. And you know, at this point, it seems more like both a skill issue and a will issue. I agree with you. I I don't disagree at all. (laughs) That's the funny part about it. I'm just telling you what they're looking at it like. They're going to say, you know what? That's a lost cause because that's all that's all they ever look at this like that. And it's just like anything else. These guys, we talk about like player and like uh, empowerment and all that kind of stuff. And at the end of the day, these guys are going to end up getting stomped on as much as humanly possible and taken advantage of. And, And unfortunately, that's the game you play. And that's the that's the career you choose and all that kind of stuff. And that's just what this is all about is money. And I'm not saying yeah. that it's going to be it's the right thing to do. I told you I'm not even commenting on that part of it. But what I'm saying is that's how they're going to look at it is we're not losing another season. That's just not possible. Yeah, because I think if you lose another season, you come damn close to losing the whole damn thing. I think I think it severely changes the whole structure of what baseball looks like. If you if you if you lost another if you went to another 60 game season, you could. There's a possibility you wait you weather it but i don't baseball's in way worse shape than it feels like i think okay you think it's being held together by what duct tape and some toothpicks (sighs) yeah i think it was always that though um I, i think there are a lot of greedy owners in this this uh this league and it's like this in every league, but they're, you know, they buy the teams to milk as much money as they can out of it because it's one of the only assets on earth that continually grows in value. And you can put minimal effort into, you know, into what the product you put on the field, as long as you try every now and then, and you somehow get away with it. I mean, look at, I mean, look at how Jimmy, how uh, excited Jimmy was about Stephen Cohen buying the Mets and what that means for the future and how stunned he was that they pulled off, you know, that Francisco Lindor trade and, and all those things like those, you know, at the end of the day, I, I think that these guys are not always in it for the right, right reason. I don't, I'm not saying that they're all bad or, or, you know, I, you know, I don't really care it, to, to me. It doesn't really affect me in that way. I try to ignore it as much as I can because I hate the ownership of my team more than just about anything. And that's crazy. That should not be the case. These, these are, you know, people that are spending a lot of money to buy these, but they're they're not always doing it for the right reason. So I say all that to say, I think that they think with their wallets first. And I don't think that that always is in the player's best interest here. Does that make sense? It does. Again, not commenting so, that it's wrong or right. I'm no, 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 I'm, yeah. I'm with you. But in that case, who is culpable when fans get sick and die or a player gets sick and dies. Like, and you know, I'm not saying we could be culpable because we're talking about it and watching it. So like, yeah, I'm just saying, if you start to unpull that, that thread of the sweater, what are we going to end up with? Hmm. Yeah. Because we are now in like a worse COVID spot than we've ever been. Mm -hmm. Potentially what? 10 weeks ish until Major League Baseball is supposed to start. Um, you know, I would love to say that that 
you know, everyone in the fans will be distant in the stands will be distanced and masked up. But I'm, I'm, you know, yeah, I, it's hard to I be realistic. Seen, yeah. Right. Exactly. And so to me, it just seems like wanting to do something and then enabling yourself to do it wrong is not like the best yeah, course it's the, of action. Yeah, just cause, just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it. Right. <laughs> That's really what it comes down to. And but like, and I, I agree with you, though, that it is thinking with the wallet, and especially because it's always worth pointing out that their collective bargaining agreement expires at the end of this season. Yeah. And so the agreement between the ownership and the players' union that's what's at stake here. And it also makes sense that if ownership thinks they're going to have to give a little more in the offseason, that they're trying to get more of that money now. Yeah, I, I think so. I think that's a big part of this. And I think there's just a, a it's like swimming upstream kind of thing. You're just you're flailing as quickly and, and putting in as hard as as much energy and swimming as hard as you can to try to to make leeway there, but you're really fighting a losing battle in that way. I think so. Like, I don't want this to become like a huge COVID discussion necessarily, but it matters here in the context of this. I, I honestly think if we're being very realistic and I, I'm not condoning this, this won't be the, the route that I choose to go. But I think that by the time we get to like May and June, when a lot of people have had the vaccine, um, I think people are just going to pull the ripcord on the lawnmower and it's just, it's going to be all wheels off. I really do. Yeah. So unfortunately, I mean, unfortunately, that's not how it should be. But, um, <laughs> you know, realistically, and I think uh, uh, MLB owners are counting on that. And I think that they're counting on their product to be rip roaring, ready to go by that point, which it won't be because of the things you pointed out before. But right. Well, and yes, I agree. And when you factor in how they still, once again, I wonder how much it grinds their gears that they weren't the first sport back because they could have been and they should have been. Dude, there's so many times I think about that. So many times. It's crazy. Well, let me, uh, let's do a slight pivot. So still talking 2021 Major League Baseball season, but this is a little bit of your opinion, J-Mac, because it's still up in the air as to whether or not they're going to approve expanded playoffs again and universal DH, at least in the playoffs. So do you think that that helped baseball? Help baseball in what context as far as leverage goes? Uh, Leverage, players into it, fanship. The product is so much better. So much better. There is zero reason for a pitcher to bat. I understand what Jimmy's saying as far as like, uh, it's, so I understand what Jimmy's saying as far as it's it's just something he's grown up with. It's part of the game. It's a nuance of the game that is really neat, and it does. It, I don't think it really matters that much, to be honest. But I understand where the sentiment comes from. But I mean, coming from a team who has a DH, I mean, it, it's it's the only way to go. There's no reason to watch a pitcher bat in that that ninth hole. So. Uh, that's something I think they need no matter what. I think they will hammer that out. I, I think that they're just going to cram that kind of change right into all this and and be done with it. Expanded playoffs, I think, will probably... I mean, they have to agree on this before uh, camp starts, right? Is that kind of what we... I think Give so. or take, yeah. I think that's what it was last year. So they have to agree on this before camp starts. I could see the owners wanting to do that and the players probably giving in in that sense. Yeah, I, I think from a player standpoint, what do you have to lose? Yeah, I mean, other than your life, but, you know. Yes, but I mean, <laughs> specifically as it relates to changing the DH rule. Yeah, I mean, yes. yeah, it's just one of those things. No, for sure. I think it's um, it's something that needs to happen, though. It's it's I would love to see that actually be instated and then. And, remain a thing because it it seemed like a much better product whenever you're just looking at two teams that have played by the same set of rules that that's really the biggest thing that i can't ever i've never been able to wrap my head around with it is just that the fact that two leagues play by two different rules over in the same sport you have the the nfc and the afc and the nfl and there's no difference in rules it makes it's still just a spirited it was hell of a a fun time whenever we were watching the world series this year you know, or really all throughout the playoffs, you had, you know, you had teams like 
the Padres in Atlanta and stuff like that that had a really good, well-built team for a DH-type situation. Just don't see why you wouldn't do it. Um, right. Can, one other thing about the 2021 uh, season coming up that I'd like to note, uh, the Blue Jays might be the best goddamn team in baseball. Really? Tell me more. Do you do you know so? Have you seen what their acquisitions have been over the last probably week? Mm-mm. So tell you what, pull that up for me. I will kind of start okay. talking about where the Blue Jays have been. The Blue Jays have been a train wreck for majority of the time that I can remember. They're sort of like if you're an NFL fan, they're like watching the Buffalo Bills in the AFC uh, East, where they have. These flashes of being pretty good, but never quite get it, and they're always kind of that that team, you know. And and I th- I think there's a really interesting faction of people that are fans of that team, but I don't know that they always represent Canada in the best way. So okay, that that all being said, they're just one of those teams that sort of pitters and putters along, and. Up until now, so they've basically been burning it down for, I mean, the last time that they were really good was when like Jose Bautista was there and they had David Price and all that stuff. Yeah, that feels like 2011, 2012. That was like probably 2015, 2016, something like that. Okay. It was a little later than that, but yeah. I just remember they played the Rangers in the playoffs and like there was a fight and then the audience started raining trash on the field and the game ended up taking like four and a half hours well that was wasn't that whenever wasn't that whenever like the the rangers had like a passed ball or something like that and they didn't then like the catcher like throw the ball back to the pitcher and he miss it and then they sneak, snuck in a like run didn't, wasn't there some kind of bullshit that happened i'm pretty it sounds sure. right i okay. don't recall but that does sound right all right did you find this information yeah, so it looks like they have landed George Springer of the Houston Astros. So you're looking at George Springer. You're and it looks like they're in talks trying to get Chris Bryant. Mm-hmm. You're looking at Kevin Biggio, Bo Bichette. Oh, you're, my God. Dude, this team. Uh, T- Tanaka's on the table. Oh, and Vlad Jr. Jeez. Yeah, this team is going to be ridiculous they have Wait, Derek how many Fisher, of those are the, confirmed they have Derek Fisher the baseball variety all almost all of them really yeah George Springer's done six-year deal 127 million 145 million something like that yeah dude this team's gonna be very 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 deep they've got good pitching if they add I, I don't know what I think about Tanaka we talked about that last episode I'm surprised he's a free agent still but he's he is a little older. He's had Tommy what John. Like thirty four, maybe thirty two. Like yeah, thirty two or thirty four. I can't remember what we said last episode. But yeah, I mean he's thirty two. He's just one of those guys where you don't really know what to do with them. It tends to happen to those guys that come over uh, from the Nippon League that have pitched a lot uh, coming yeah. into their MLB careers. So big additions in Toronto. They're really going all in with this thing. It's. I think this is going to be a big year to see what Vlad Jr. is. Well, that's that's what I was going to ask. Is as an AL East um, follower, what's your take on what that does to the division? Because it well, was not a bad division last year. They're probably going to be the best team in the division. They're going to battle it out with the Yankees a lot, but I think they're still better than the Yankees. It's going to depend on how their pitching looks, I would say. But I think there's those are the top top teams. The only top teams, really. What about the Rays? Yeah, I guess that's true. I don't know what the Ray like. I don't know what like they traded Blake Snell. Like I don't know what what they're really doing right now. I guess, but they're the top three teams then for sure. There's no doubt about that. And so Boston, that leave Boston. <laughs> oh, they're. It's going to depend on whether uh, the Orioles turn turn the ship around this year. Finally and start really getting something out of all of their young talent. I mean, that team has been full of no names for a couple of years, but I mean, that's what, I mean, they're just growing young guys. That's all they're doing. So, and paying, uh, what's his name out there? Chris, uh, I can't believe I'm forgetting his last name. Chris, uh, the dude who was like really, really damn good. And then 
uh, left and or uh, got paid and stopped doing steroids and just became absolutely terrible. Anyway, it's going to be interesting to see how that shapes up. But the the best way to describe what I think the Red Sox are going to be this coming year is they are built very similarly to how they were in 2013. Ironically enough, when they won the World Series, but they had no business really winning the World Series that year. They just, yeah. you know, they had a something to play for kind of thing, and that matters no matter what. Um, but it's a bunch of lovable guys that are good with the media, that are fan-friendly. Um, feels like a bridge kind of thing. Bridge year. That's what okay. you want. That's fair. That's what you're looking for. <laughs> They're probably going to trade Xander Bogarts. I mean, there's there's a lot going on there. So... Well, I don't think that the Rangers are going to have a good year. So what do you do? We'll get to our full season predictions when we figure out when the actual season is going to start. But yes. uh, I think that uh, what have we always said about um, about the Orioles? Uh, hey, Camden Yards is a great place to see baseball. That's how I feel about the Rangers is, hey, at least the new Globe Life is a nice ballpark. We've never even been there. <laughs> I've seen it on television. Uh, Chris Davis is who I was thinking of, by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Didn't he play for the Rangers for a little bit? I think he did. Pretty I sure that's so. right. Anyway. Um, yeah, seen it on television. That's unfortunate. Uh, speaking of other things we've seen on television or read in the media, we had a notable... Oh, yeah. Uh, listener Dan writes in, they have no business winning it any year. Uh, I assume you're talking about the Rangers. And as someone who I believe spent like 20 years of your life in North Texas, you should really think about that. Hmm. Okay. He'll have him get back to us. He'll get back to us. Okay. Well, 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 we'll vet it through our people. Um, no, I'm kidding. So, yeah, don't forget, if you like what you're hearing, please interact with us. We can see your comments and stuff, and we'll, we'll try to call you out on the show. So thank you, by all means. Uh, Dan, for, for jumping in, albeit chirping. Yes. Um, so, notable baseball passing this past week. Um, J-Mac, we lost a legend in Hank Aaron. Oh, I thought you were going to say Larry King. Uh, the Different types of legends, I mm. think. Big hit to the suspender industry, like I said in our group chat the other day. Big hit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Hank Aaron. Um, if we're being honest... Kind of thought he was already dead. Didn't realize he was still okay. alive. Does that make me a shitty baseball fan? Just a little bit. So let me let me ask you this. Because um, this is a good good uh, thing that I bet a lot of people... Uh, the, I bet a lot more people are in the camp than I am than, than you would think. But I think there's a good amount of people that look at it like, if I didn't remember it in my lifetime, eh. You know? And, and I'm not saying that's always the rule. But like... I always wonder, and I, I, I want to break down some very interesting Hank Aaron uh, kind of factoids here in a few minutes, um, okay. because my question always goes, and we've actually talked about this before, and I want to say that we did this, Ben, maybe you weren't on the show, maybe this was during one of the live streams of the World Series that we did with, I'm pretty sure we did this with Marty maybe, but we talked a lot about what if uh, Babe Ruth played today? What would he look like? You know, what are, well, I mean, you know, <laughs> we know what he would look like, but what, what what would that look like as far as result on the field? Would it be as effective? Would it be, would he be who he is without, without the time frame that they played it? And I think that goes for a lot of the people that I, I never saw with my own eyes kind of thing. So I hear that. And to answer your Babe Ruth question, he'd look like a barrel with little toothpick legs trying to run around the bases. Um, but to answer your question in a broader sense, I agree with that. But that seems like a slippery slope to say if I didn't see it, it didn't happen. Absolutely. And then before you not your before you know what you're saying. Oh well, I can't verify that the Earth is round. So how do I know? And like that's a real dangerous path. Well, as someone who's fallen off the side of it before, yeah, I know that's fair. I know. But what I'm saying though, no, you're is, right. I, I'm not saying. I, I guess what I'm saying is I don't care as much about the lore of it, right? Like, okay, does that make sense? Like, it's not that I don't care about it necessarily, and it's not that I don't think it happened, but I I do always wonder about that, about like what how transcendent people would be because it's like, I look yeah. at Michael Jordan is a great example. I keep going back to basketball today, but I'm just, it's where my head's at, I guess. But it's like, would, would he be dominant today? There's not a question in my mind kind of thing. And, and that's, and we'll start talking about, you know, 
player criteria because we talked about our top 10 thing. But in my mind, it's like if I'm looking at someone's career, I want them to dominate. When I look at Barry Bonds' career, he dominated. You know, that kind of thing. So I would say just by one stat alone, let me throw this out there. Okay. Because it was one of the most mind-blowing things that I saw, and it's, it's very tweetable, you know, but in his 23 years as a major leaguer, Hank Aaron was in 25 all-star games. Yeah. The most of any player in MLB history. That's incredible. Like, so at least you can say that he was better than his peer group. For sure. For sure. And, and so I think, so I'm glad that we're going to do the top 10 or 20 or whatever, because I, I keep kind of bringing it back to that for a second, because I think it's going to force me and, and all of us really to take a look at some, some guys that maybe, again, it's not that I think less of Hank Aaron or anything like that it has nothing to do with that. I just didn't witness it. So it's not as exciting to me, I guess is what I'm saying. And so I love looking back at this stuff after, in, in retrospect and really trying to break it down analytically and think through it. I found some Hank Aaron facts that I'd like to share with you, uh, if, if you if you will let me. I would absolutely love that. Uh, also, before we start this, I would like to point out that uh, you are the resident historian on this podcast. So having this discussion with you and getting you to agree with me uh, was going to be a, a, a uphill battle to begin with. Okay. No pun intended. Love it. Okay. All right, so I found an article that was over at The Ringer, and uh, it was the basically Hank Aaron's greatness by the numbers. Okay? okay, So the number one thing was Hank Aaron was in an all-star game in 21 seasons, the most for any MLB player in history. Now, I'm, I'm wondering if there's ambiguity there. I think you said 24. Well, so the way I have it and the way I've read it is he was in 25 all-star games, in 21 seasons, but the reason being is there were a few times where they had like two all-star games in a year. <laughs> Why would you do that? So, <laughs> hey man, the the 50s or 70s were a, were a strange time. Wait, so they did this like like two all-star games in a year as early as like the like or as most as recently as like the 70s? Well, I I don't know when it was, okay. but I, it was okay. sometime between 55 and 75. That's unbelievable. Yeah. That, that seems way too recent for us to be meddling around with the amount of all-star games we're playing. Why would there not only be one? Well, that's that's what happened. Okay. No, I'm with you. It's just hilarious nonetheless. nonetheless. Uh, let's let's put the interns on researching that. How about that? Oh, please. Yes. yes. Um, number two, he received 25 total all-star nods because of multiple games and in, in uh, some seasons. Also the most ever. So same thing. So the number, the, the top two facts you got right there out of the gate. Okay. Perfect. Number three, every Great. season from 1955 through 1973, a span of 19 seasons, he received an all-star and MVP votes. That's both. That almost never happens. Yeah. His worst performance at the plate in any of those seasons came in 1955 when a 21-year-old Aaron posted a 141 OPS plus meaning he hit 41% better than the league average hitter. In his worst year, he was 41% yeah. better than average? Correct, yes. Uh, for reference, a 141 OPS plus is David Ortiz's career mark, and that was Aaron. Uh, that was Aaron's worst performance over nearly a two-decade stretch. That's ridiculous. Uh, Aaron, of course, is second on the career home run leaderboard with 755 dingers, and his most memorable moment came when he broke Babe Ruth's long-standing record with with number 715. Who's Babe Ruth? Just kidding. Know. Nah, some sp some spare that uh, boozes and smokes in the dugout, and you know all that. Um, Aaron infamously never reached 50 home runs in a season, meaning like uh, the likes of Brady Anderson and Greg Vaughn better. Uh, better at his best single season total. Are you familiar with either of the, those fellows? No. Me neither. So uh, that, that just tells you that he was a consistent performer, but not always hit it out of the park, which makes him being the number two home run king of all time massive. Correct. Uh, instead, Aaron reached 755 thanks to uh, pre 
pre they spelled a word wrong in this article, so it threw me off. Uh, due to his consistency and longevity, he hit 40-plus home runs eight times. Only Babe Ruth had more. He put, uh, he hit 30-plus homers 15 times. Would you like to take a guess with who that is tied with the most ever with? How many is it? 15. So he hit 30-plus home runs 15 times. There's only one other person to tie him. I'll give you a hint. I'm going to guess Griffey. Well, that's a good guess, but no. That's a really good guess, actually, but no. Uh, He was a Yankee. Oh, God. He was a Ranger. If you say say A-Rod, I'm going to lose my S. A-Rod. Dude, I can't wait to see where, like, A-Rod falls into this whole conversation of top players. Don't Uh, do it to me. (laughs) Uh, And he hit 20-plus home runs 20 times. God. (laughs) That's absurd. Even though his home run total is Aaron's most recognizable accomplishment, he was also an all-around superstar uh, if anything, is underrated by his intense focus on his long balls. In various seasons in his career, Aaron led the league in hits, doubles, homers, extra bases, intentional walks, runs, RBIs, sack flies, batting averages, slugging percentages, and OPS. God. <laughs> he's literally At this point he's showing off. I know. He's literally the most all-around player in the world. All right. Um, he's hit more singles than Wade Boggs. He's hit more okay. doubles than Cal Ripken Jr. He hit more triples than any current active player. Oh my God! He stole more bases than Larry Walker. He is uh, he's a career leader with one thousand four hundred and seventy seven extra base hits. That's ridiculous. He also he's also the career leader in total bases with 6856 more than 700 more than the second place guy Stan uh, Musilio Musil uh, Stan Musil Slam and Stan Musil that's right yeah, yeah, yeah. Played for the Cardinals in the 40s That's right his uh, you've told me about him before for some weird reason um the ma- the lead there is massive 700 more than the second place guy that's nuts. That's nuts. Uh, career home run leader Barry Bonds could have hit 200 more home runs, and he still would have been short of Aaron's total bases. One more time. So career home run leader Barry Bonds could have uh-huh. hit 200 more home runs and still would have been short of Aaron's total bases. Oh, my God. That's ridiculous. <laughs> um. Let's see what else. Oh, here's a good one. Very productive at the plate. Very productive gentleman. Career singles leader Pete Rose could have hit 1,100 more singles, and he still would have been short of Aaron's total base record. Oh, my God. (laughs) Aaron drove in 2,297 runs, the most in ML history. He scored 2,174 runs, too, tied fittingly with Babe Ruth for the fourth, fourth most ever. Uh, let's see. He outside the batter's box. Aaron was also a tremendous fielder. He won three golden gloves in a row and probably would have won more if not for Willie Mays and Roberto Clemente, who rightly (laughs) dominated the NL outfield voting in that era. I mean, yeah, I would think so. (laughs) Which, by the way, let me interject. So I, I read a weird stat on him the other day that he was offered to play for the Giants. So he was going to be one of Willie Mays' teammates. He had the Giants contract in his hand, but the Braves offered him $50 more a month. This is, that's the only thing that kept Willie Mays from being my teammate was $50. That's unbelievable, which was probably like $500 a month back then, right? Yeah, but it's still No, I, 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 I know. It's, it's absurd regardless. Um, okay, so advanced defensive stats are tenuous before the 21st century obviously. Uh, but Aaron stands out nonetheless. According to the total zone system, Aaron is one of the 10 best right fielders on record at 98 career runs above average. So that's okay. basically like war, but with runs kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Bill James once wrote of Ricky Henderson. If you could put, uh, if you could split him in two, you'd have two hall of famers. The same is true of Aaron who played well enough and long enough for two Hall of Fame worthy careers. Aaron has uh, was worth seventy three point nine wins above replacement replacement in his twenties, seventh all time seventy three point nine. 
wins over replacement. Ridiculous. He also was worth 66.7 wins above replacement in his 30s, fifth all time. <laughs> so he so in his 20s he had a win so a, he was worth 73.9 wins per season more than the average player substituted in his position in his 20s in his 30s he was only 66.7 wins better oh my god there's almost no drop off whatsoever that's that's a rounding error that's crazy. ridiculous. The only player ahead of him in both decades, uh, Babe Ruth, whose home run record Aaron then broke in his 40s. That's absurd. That's, oh, my gosh, man. Uh, let's see. What else have we got here? In the 1957 World Series, Aaron hit 393 with three home runs as Milwaukee beat the Yankees in seven games, winning the city's only World Series trophy. He is part of yet more fun facts than first. In a game in June 1961, Aaron was part of MLB's first quartet to hit back-to-back-to-back-to-back home runs, along with Eddie Matthews, Joe Adcock, and Frank Thomas. Those guys are probably like, we hit, we hit home runs with Hank Aaron. Dude, the whenever I see a pitcher get taken back-to-back-to-back, um, I one I know how that feels. It sucks. It sucks. Um, but it's exactly like being hit with a golf ball. It, 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 if someone hits you with a golf ball, one of you is laughing and one of you is not. Always, it's the same okay. exact thing here. It's no. Is different. there an awful lot of that that I should be concerned about? I've I've been on the receiving end of both. One is a lot funnier than the other. That's all I can tell you. Okay. I'm just saying, it sucks, but it's great from the outside if you watch it happen, even if it's your own team. It's still pretty funny because okay. it's just it's just so demoralizing. Yeah. It really is. Um, Aaron was the first player to reach both Hall of Fame-worthy batting thresholds of 3,000 hits and 500 home runs. He could run, too. He retired with 240 career steals and was only the third player after Ken Williams and Mays to post a 30-30 season. That's absurd. Of the 68 pitchers Aaron faced most often in his career, he homered at least once off of every one of them. <laughs> like oh many God. <laughs> like many <laughs> like many fun facts, this one mixes a a baseline of troop with a misleading twist. I love the the headline on this one. Uh Hank hit 755 of those brotherly home runs. Uh Tommy hit 13. So, he he played with Tommy Aaron his brother. Right, oh, okay. and seven hundred and fifty-five home runs total. Tommy hit thirteen of those. Good for Tommy. Good for Showing Tommy. Dude. Doing the light lifting. Absolutely, he smashed uh, Sammy Koufax to a three, uh, so a slash line of three sixty-two, four thirty-one, and six forty-seven. That's, That's ridiculous because that was Sandy's best peak. Is when uh, Aaron started doing well. He hit Steve Carlton three forty-two. Three, sorry, yeah, three, three forty-two, three ninety-five, and six thirty. <laughs> That's Good absurd. Night. Anyway, lots and lots of crazy, crazy records bro- smashed by this guy, really and truly. And not, to, and we hadn't even really gotten into the racial part of it that that he's, you know, he endured of being a, a black man playing baseball at that time. Yeah, I mean, he was one of the last surviving Negro League players having played for the Indianapolis Clowns. It's just a weird name. Dude, um, did they have a logo? Please say they had a logo. Uh, I'll find it. Okay. We'll, we'll tweet it out. Oh, it's just a baseball logo. It's 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 not creepy. Anyway, so he played for the Indianapolis Clowns uh, in 53. Uh, he said he idolized Jackie Robinson growing up, and then when he joined the majors in 54, I mean, he played uh, against against Jackie Robinson for a couple of years because Robinson didn't retire until 57, I think. Yeah. Okay. That's crazy, man. What a time to, to, to like kind of be in your prime and, and still kind of having to fight the, the man at every single turn. That's just insane, man. I mean, uh, someone, someone quoted that, um, in the fifties, Oh God, where was it? But basically, he led the league in everything except being able to get a hotel room. 
Wow. Because because they they wouldn't yeah. you know the yeah. hotels in the south were still segregated and it was in the height of Jim Crow. It's a it's a funny yet sad fact. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I I, I knew why you were laughing. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it is. It's it's a sad thing. It's a uh, it was a fight for for something that you and I will never understand, kind of thing, and that's yeah. admirable to say the least. Not to mention, this dude is. I mean, rivals one of my favorite players of all time as far as numbers and and everything goes. I mean, as a, strictly as a baseball player, he's a phenomenal baseball player. Now, I, again, like it does, I do always wonder about the whole the time you played and what the the league was like. But it's not like he wasn't hitting against Sandy Koufax, right? I mean, you know, I mean, he was arguably one of the best guys to come along until Randy Johnson, probably. Like, I mean, you know. That's a hell of a career and yeah. a hell of a thing to be able to hang your hat on, I guess. And it's I, I, like I said, I felt bad that I, I didn't even know he was alive, but I really thought he was dead. So, no, that's that's fair. Well, yeah. rest in power, Hank Aaron. Yes. All right. Do we want to do the final clip of Francesa? I am so ready. OK, so like I said, we so we. We've been in the the um, vein of naming horses and talking about horses' birthdays and all that. So this is the other clip that I that Jimmy sent to me, uh, or th- this is the one I sent back to Jimmy when he sent me the horses uh, all have the same birthday one. All right, ready? Yep. Uh, if you're wondering how that works, you can name a horse: Jeter, Mantle, Fauci. You can't name a horse. Dr. Fauci. You can't name it Anthony Fauci. Dr. Fauci, they might quibble about. Basically, what you can't do is you can't use someone's full name without their permission. You have to get their permission in writing. If you do get their permission in writing, like there was a horse named Chris Everett once. There was a horse named Bobby Mercer. Uh, If you get, if it's your full name, you have to get the person, and the person is a famous person. You have to get their full. The Jack Club would ask that you bring a written permission signed by the person. But last names, you can use any last name because nobody owns a last name. They only own a full name. So the Jockey Club would always allow. There was a horse named Jeter, as a matter of fact. There was a horse named Mantle. Um, I think there's been more than one named Mantle. Um, because every amount of years you can renew the name once a horse has been gone long enough, as long as it's not a famous horse. Um, and now there is a horse named Fauci who they, what happened is the people thought they had a nice horse and they felt here's a guy who's been in the news a lot. So, you know, it made sense. It would catch people's eyes. People like to catch people's eyes with their names. There's a lot of pandemic names. Now I hate horses that have no space in between the words. A lot of people only name the horses one word. Claiborne Foam's always done that. Only name the horse one word. If you use multiple words, if you use spaces between the words, that counts as a character. You're allowed 18 boxes. If you use a space, that's a box. If you run out of and you jumble it all together, you're allowed to do that. But that always, I, I never liked that one, that look of that. Never have. The best I think I give you is if you go to one of the sites you use, like Netflix or um, what Amazon or Hulu or anything, and you go searching, and you have to go to the space bar and everything else. Same thing with this. The space bar counts. So you get 18 characters. Oh, the space bar counts, Ben. Space I've bar. been told that. That's... And and that's like a new clip. Like he was yeah. talking about Fauci. No one knew who Fauci was before March, except his family. That was June third. <laughs> oh my god! It's become so blatant that. Well, I mean, it's not a thing anymore. Thank God. But I mean, it was just so much of that, and it makes me laugh so much. I know it's ridiculous. I'm sure people are tired of it already because he's exhausting to listen to in a weird way. But like. You just walk away from it with so many questions that you don't even know what they all are. Dude, 100%. Well done. Good find. Thanks to Jimmy for sending it in. And good job doing that. 
Well, if you like what you're hearing, make sure to check us out. We are at sensiblyloud.com. Plus, we are all over your social media pages. Huge props to the people who commented on this one. We ran one from Dan out there, but we had a few more that didn't didn't make the cut. So if you like what you're hearing, don't forget rate, review, subscribe. That helps us out. And don't forget you can interact with us live and in show. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, big props to JMac for producing this and every other episode. Y'all wear a mask, wash your hands. Uh, don't storm the Capitol. It's going to be good. We'd like to thank everyone for tuning in for episode 134 of the Outfielder Podcast. We'd like to thank all of our fans, Sensibly Loud Media, our sponsors, and those with the sharp eye to keep the runners close. Grounds crew, please keep patrolling that outfield. Big ups to Kevin Towers. Don't text and drive. We'll see you right back here next time on the Outfielder Podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah,